Welcome to the Aquademia podcast. Our diet is hurting the environment in myriad ways. I mean, we desperately need to eat more seafood. This is a pioneering industry with a whole lot of people who have really good ideas and a lot of experience and are unafraid. Aquademia is your go-to podcast for a fresh take on all things seafood. Welcome, everybody, to the Aquademia podcast. I'm your host, Justin Grant. I'm Maddie Cassidy. And I'm Elise Avalon. Surprise! Surprise! (laughs) So Elise, as many of our avid followers of this podcast know, has been on the show multiple times, and she is back again with us to talk about this new... Sorry, I opened up the wrong document. (laughs) I just don't want to say it. Drum roll! Drum roll, please. (laughs) Well, we're going to discuss this new 2020 to 2025 Dietary Guidelines for Americans, short DGA, uh, that was released last week. Again, it's focusing for guidelines for Americans, but we're going to touch base on what has changed in the seafood guidelines area. But before we get into that, uh, we want to thank all of our listeners again for, for being a part of the show. If you do want to reach out to us. You can do so in, in multiple ways. We are on social at Aquademia Pod. You can send us an email, podcast at aquaculturealliance.org. And something that we forget to mention, and we should be mentioning more on the show, is if you go to aquaculturealliance.org and go to the education page, uh, there is a contact us section halfway down that page, and that will allow you to fill out a form Tell us who you are, what you like about the show. If you want to be a guest on the show, it gives you multiple options. And that's another way that you can reach out to us. And we we highly recommend uh, checking that out. Also, if you like what you're hearing, then you should definitely leave us a rating and review on whichever podcast platform you listen to us on. Perfect. So, Elise, thanks for joining us. How are you today? Welcome back. Doing good, guys. Doing good. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> I'm glad um, to be back. It's been a while. <laughs> It has. And we all work, Maddie, Elise, and myself in the outreach department. And I know many of you already know that. But we have not been in the office for a very long time because of, as we know, the the pandemic that we're still currently in. So the only way that we see each other is through these video chats. I can't believe it's almost been a year. Coming up on a year. Yeah, that is so hard to wrap your head around. Like, part of me feels like it's been multiple years, but another part of me feels like it's been a month. Yeah, it's coming up it's on like a year, time warp. and I'm still working at my kitchen table. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> why, but <laughs> got to keep an eye on the dog, you know. We talk about this as the new normal, but I don't think we can call it the new normal anymore because this really seems to be what is normal. <laughs> yeah, it's not so new anymore. But you know what is new? Oh, good segue, Maddie. What is new? (laughs) Americans. That was the best segue. (laughs) So in early January, or actually it might have actually been in December that they released it, but the USDA, which is the U.S. Department of Agriculture, released new dietary guidelines, like Justin mentioned at the beginning of this episode, for Americans, but it can also be used around the world as like a a standard or guidelines for people. And it actually focused a lot on seafood. And from what I understand, they release these guidelines every five or so years. So they kind of reflect on what's working, what hasn't been working, what needs to change. And they consult, consult like 
all of the experts with nutrition and diet. So this is the cutting edge information and data that we have at this point in time. And not surprisingly to us, but maybe surprisingly to other people that aren't in the seafood space, it focuses a lot on seafood and there's a lot of new updates. Yeah, I think one of the questions I hear a lot is like, should pregnant women be eating seafood? And I think mm-hmm. that's so common. <clears throat> and this actually says that, yes, you should be eating seafood at least twice a week if you're pregnant or um, young children as well. So I, we could pull a pull a sector. I'll, I'll read a section from this from this article that we're pulling from Seafood Source written by Christine Blank. And there'll be a link to her article in, in the show notes, but says seafood intake during pregnancy is recommended as it is associated with favorable measures of cognitive development in young children children so there you have it that kind of whether that's new uh i i know just like probably both of you when you think of seafood and young children seafood and pregnant women that there's that that hesitant of is it safe should we do it Mm -hmm. but according to this new document it it absolutely is i wouldn't say it's a must but there are, are positive um repercussions for eating seafood while pregnant so yeah, uh, like, could... like with any food group, you should know generally where your food is coming from in order mm-hmm. to feel comfortable and safe eating it. And especially if you're pregnant, you should definitely be looking for the like high quality seafood if you can, if you can afford it, because obviously it tends to be more expensive. But looking for those eco-label certifications like we've mentioned in many episodes, I think it one could argue it's even more important to look for those if you're pregnant or feeding a young child. Yeah. And one interesting stat that was in the article, and I I think this is referring to US only, but it says 94% of children and 80% of adults currently don't eat seafood twice a week, which is kind of crazy to me because I feel like that's so easy to do. (laughs) Like it's only twice a week. And you know what I would like, I wish if I had more time to do some research, I would like to look at what those numbers were. Um, the last time back when if this if this report comes out every five years, what happened in uh, 2015 to 2020? What were those percentages and have they gone up? Have they gone down? My my hope is, is that they've actually gone down. So more people are eating the recommended seafood intake, although 80% and what was the percent for children? 94, is it? 94%? It. 84 and 90. 19. Okay. So that's, no, here it is. Yeah. 94% of children, 80% of adults. So that, that is a very, very high number. Uh, twice a week, it, like you said, is not that much. So would a tuna fish sandwich for lunch constitute as eating seafood at least once a week? It could. Yep. Uh, we've talked a lot about the amount of species that humans eat. There's a lot. So the excuses, I guess there's there's a lot of them. Like how readily available, depending on where you live in the United States, is where we're going to focus because that's what this article is about. Where you live may hinder what you have access to. Cost is also up there, and fear. I think the unknown and a lot of people grow up eating lamb based proteins. You have chicken, you have steak, you have pork, and that's your comfort zone. So you don't really stray from it. Uh, what our job is, one with this podcast and other people within the industry are trying to 
educate the consumers on the importance of seafood, creative ways to integrate it if and and not be fearful of it. And I think hopefully we're we're doing a little bit to move that needle as well as many many other people within the industry and I I hope that next time this report comes out these numbers have been reduced even more. I don't think we'll ever get to I mean I'd like it to be hovering around 50%. That seems like a more workable number. 80% it's like we we have a long ways to go. What else did both of you take from from this this article that really pulls out the seafood section of the of the uh, guidelines? I think one thing that is a major takeaway going off of those numbers that we just talked about is that hopefully this these guidelines and these staggering numbers of how few people are actually meeting the recommended intake these can serve as kind of like a warning or a like a check on everybody and hopefully inspire people to move in the right direction towards seafood because there really are so many benefits. And I mean, just to name a few, it's like seafood is obviously a protein. So it's a lean fat protein, which means that it's not as like, it's better for you than a lot of terrestrial proteins that are red meat. And then it also has, in addition to protein, calcium, vitamin D, omega-3s, all of these great things for heart health, brain health, eye health even. And there's just, there's really no drawbacks to, to getting more comfortable with making seafood at home, especially because I think these numbers might be inflated even more than what they normally would be because a lot of restaurants are closed. And most people feel most comfortable with eating seafood when they're out at a restaurant and they wouldn't touch it in their own kitchen. And I think that probably has led to a lot of people in 2020 in particular eating even less seafood than they would have been eating in a normal year. Yeah, we've talked about that in the past and that's a really good point. It's that not, it, all the other factors that I was talking about, the the fear, the price, the taste, accessibility, the restaurant kind of checks a few of those boxes as non-issues, right? So you don't have to, there's no fear of screwing the the recipe up because you have someone else, a professional cooking it for you. Uh, I mean, price is what it is depending on what you're ordering. But you can also experiment a little bit more. You may say, I've always wanted to try this, but I was always fearful to cook it in my own kitchen. Now you're in uh, in a restaurant that offers it and you know that you'll have it made right and you can make a decision moving forward if you liked it, then have it again. If not, then try one of the other hundreds of species out there that are offered to you. Sorry, uh, I got to put my dog in his pen. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, Scooter is top priority for everyone on this call. <laughs> was he just messing up the, he just was running around? just biting something he shouldn't be biting, you know. Oh, you know. <laughs> Puppy stuff. Yeah. Well, once the, te- the baby teeth start to get loose, then watch oh, out. Oh, I've and already found be- two teeth. <laughs> That scares me so much. I've never had a puppy, so I've never dealt with that. Like it is, I didn't even know that until this past summer that puppies lose baby teeth. Oh yeah. Most of <laughs> most of the time, they actually swallow them. They don't. You don't find them, which also seems like it he would was not like be chewing fun. on. It. I'm like, what are you chewing on? And I pulled it out. I was like, oh, that's a molar. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> All right. Anyway. <laughs> okay, so we were talking about cooking stuff. 
right? Yes. Yeah, I feel yeah. I feel like so many people are always so intimidated by seafood because there's so many different types and it's like how do I cook this and it's in reality it's probably the easiest protein to cook because it takes less time most of the time. Mm-hmm. And there's so many and different less types. attention. Like you're not yeah. constantly like turning it and paying attention to it. I think that there are definitely species out there in the seafood space that are that you don't have to worry about spending too much money to experiment with. And when you get comfortable with certain seafood, easy seafood dishes that not only do adults like, but your children, if you have them, will eat. And then as you get more comfortable, you'll start experimenting more with maybe a more expensive fish and get more confidence uh, for cooking things at home. Because it's definitely cheaper to make it yourself than to go out to a restaurant. I think that's just common knowledge. I am very... I lean heavily when I cook seafood at home, I am more of a shellfish eater. So I stick to mussels a lot because they're relatively inexpensive. They're easy to prepare. I buy mussels in the freezer, in the frozen section that you just can put in the microwave. They have all the sauce and stuff in there. It's all frozen together. And as it heats up, it it cooks, the mussels open and it's a, it's like a really quick, easy meal that my kids actually enjoy eating. There's something about opening up the shell and eating the muscle inside. I mean, some kids may be turned off to that, but mine, mine aren't. That's awesome. Which is a good thing. But, and also, also shrimp. I think shrimp is relatively inexpensive and can be put in a lot of dishes. And I use it probably the most, whether it's shrimp scampi. I've actually, I just make, I don't even know if this is a real dish or if it's just my own creation, but something really simple is I boil noodles. I buy like a a jar of Alfredo sauce. So I boil like linguine noodles, put them in a bowl. I, I cook, fry up some shrimp and I just heat up the Alfredo sauce, put it on top of the pasta and then throw the shrimp on top and like sprinkle parsley or something on top. And it looks and tastes very good. And it does not take a lot of time. I, I don't know if there's such a oh, thing yeah. as shrimp Alfredo, but I make that a lot. Usually it's just for me, but everyone in the house, when it's offered to them, will eat it too. Even if they pick around some of the the shrimp, then it ends up being more for me. But I think for any of our listeners, if they're looking for something quick and easy, uh, I think shrimp... A lot of people have shrimp, what would you say, around the holidays in, in like... Shrimp cocktail. Yeah, shrimp cocktail. Yeah, I feel like it's a holiday food, but it's also a summer food. Yeah. I have it all Shrimp is I great it because it's, it's so <laughs> versatile. Like, you can plop it into any dish, like a salad, a pasta dish, like Justin was saying, or a soup. Like, you can put it in anything. Yeah, I do shrimp stir fry at least once a week. <laughs> and it's and delicious and easy. It sounds really good. I think the like the frozen section is a good place to start if you want to get your kids. It may be yourself. I know I'm generalizing that kids love the the breaded foods, right? Chicken fingers, chicken nuggets, fish sticks. But if if really you have to eat, what are we saying? Two servings of seafood a week. You could have a tuna fish sandwich for lunch one day, and you could have fish sticks. You could have shrimp scampi or Justin's shrimp Alfredo, uh, or trademark. I, I, yeah, trademark calling it now. Uh, it's only three simple steps. Uh, you also have coconut shrimp, which is one of my favorites, but you can buy those in the frozen section and you just stick them in the oven. They're ready mm-hmm. in like 20 minutes and then you can choose your dipping sauce and that's 
it, it, usually the ones I buy come with their own dipping sauce, but I, I also buy this like sweet chili sauce. I don't know if you're familiar with that, that I dip the coconut it shrimp in. Good. I really enjoy that. So there you go. Have Justin's special Alfredo shrimp in a tuna sandwich, and you've already met your twice a week seafood intake. But if you want to do more, then I challenge you to do that. <laughs> uh, now, Elise, you you cook more fillets, right? I, you you make salmon at home, don't you? <clears throat> yeah. I So actually at the beginning of the pandemic, I was like, all right, <laughs> I don't feel like planning out every single meal. So I signed up for a meal subscription service, HelloFresh actually. And I one of the meals that I had actually was barramundi and it was BAP certified Ooh. barramundi and hey. it came with like this salsa stuff that you put on it and you just pan sear it like super easy and it was really yep. really good and it, if you've never had barramundi it's like a white fish um, like flaky and it's just super easy to cook so that was actually my first experience with barramundi and I'm like I should be eating this more often <laughs> but that's what's so great about those meal kits is yeah. it it makes you so much more creative with your food because now that's like a meal that you can go and recreate. Exactly. Like if you're, if you're kind of, you know, afraid of cooking different kinds of seafood, it's a great way to start because you really can't mess it up. <laughs> um, it's funny that you mentioned that as a, as a species. The first time I had, and again, this kind of puts me in a favorable position that not all of our listeners have, which is because we're in the seafood space, we, when we could, attended the seafood north america expo did i say that right seafood, seafood expo, north, expo america. north america there we go cena and anyone who's been it is a giant seafood expo hall with tons of seafood that's being cooked around you the whole time you're there and just the smell you're almost like floating <laughs> through the aisles as you're like trying to find the next like free sample to have and that's the first time i've had bear monday and there was i'm sure it was a well-known chef representing a specific company and they were and i my my nose tracked me to that station and i had it and it was one of the best fishes that i've i've ever tasted before and yeah, most people so good. i would assume don't go to a supermarket saying i'm i'm looking for a fillet of Barramundi. Yeah. It's usually probably the common, what, like haddock you're looking for, salmon. Yeah. But I don't want to steal your thumb early. So barramundi you've had. You've, yeah. You do cook salmon at home, right? I, I do cook salmon at home and I usually do like a soy ginger glaze on it. Oh. And Ooh, I either like, ginger. you can either like pan sear it or just throw it in the oven. Pan searing I find is like the easiest because it takes like the less, the least amount of time. Can you walk me through that real quick? Uh, it's something that I don't do that often at home. Like I said, I stick really to to sh- shrimp and mussels, and if if I get order in, then it's it's clams. Uh, I usually I don't do anything with oysters at home. I'll I'll wait until I'm at a restaurant for those. But scallops, ooh, big one. How do you? Can you walk us through the whether it's yeah going in the oven or pan searing? What is that process? <clears throat> so for I usually do pan searing. So. Um, Usually you just like pat the fish dry. It's just a filet. You pat it dry with like a paper towel and then you season it with whatever you want. And then you put the flesh side down, I think. And mm-hmm. and you just put it in, you know, um, basically a nonstick pan with some oil and then turn it over and cook the skin until it's like crispy-ish. And then it usually takes like less than 10 minutes to do. So would you say once the oil's heated up in your pan, you will do the non-skin side down first actually for, no i messed that up it's skin side down first and then flip it okay i wonder if that's so that any of the juices they use that the skin will keep it in 
Yeah, and it makes it like super crispy. It's really, it's really good. That so sounds like th- so good. Three to so. five minutes per side. How do you how do you know when it's time to flip? Like, yeah, what is the, does like, it change color? Um, yeah, if it looks, you can look at it, and if it it looks like it's kind of crispy, then it's like mm-hmm. ready to turn over. So it's usually about five minutes, and then depending on the fish and the size of the fillet, and then you can flip it over and cook for a few more minutes on the other side. Now, do you make your own glaze that um, you drizzle on top, or is that something that you buy? Um, usually, I just make it. The one that I do is like garlic, ginger, soy sauce, brown sugar. It's really good. Mm, that does wow, sound good. that's a really good group of <laughs> taste. <laughs> yeah, that good. sounds so good. Yeah, it's really good. I wonder if... So, and we've linked to these recipes before. We might have to do so again. But we did go to Chef Barton Seaver, who's a, a main chef focusing on, on seafood, mostly farm seafood i believe now but we went to his house and he cooked us three dishes one of which was a toaster oven tilapia filet remember that elise or that was Maddie, so good you were, you were there and yeah it, that it, was so easy yeah that we made that at my easy. house since then it was so easy and delicious and it took like 10 minutes i think and i think for those working parents that have the kids and i'm really just generalizing myself when you're in the kitchen, the kids are hanging off your legs and they're saying, I'm starving, I'm starving, I'm starving, I'm starving. And you're like, yes, I'm in the process of, co- of cooking dinner. If you don't want to pan fry, because that requires you to stand in the kitchen and flip, even if it is only 10 minutes tops, to do the toaster oven or the actual oven is something that you can do even easier because then you can multitask, you can prep, stick in the oven, and then you have 10 minutes to tell the kids they have to f- finish their chores before dinner or something <laughs> along those lines. <laughs> Yeah. But I think there's a lot of fillets outside of salmon that can follow, like tilapia was just an example. Yeah. I always refer to haddock, but I, I feel like I usually have haddock mostly as like a fish and chips option at a restaurant. I don't know, and I'd like to hear from anyone in our audience if they cook haddock at home and how they do it. I just always see haddock as, as something that's breaded. I don't know if you've ever made it at home, Elise, and if you've done it any different, um, a different I way. have not, I don't think. Yeah, I usually get it at restaurants. I don't think I've ever cooked yeah. it. Mm. But one thing I do like to cook, and this is my favorite seafood item <laughs> to eat, <laughs> scallops. Scallops are so good. And they're, again, so easy. You just throw them in a pan and then flip them over and they're like good to go. Now those are a little bit, because that also is probably one of my top three seafood items to eat they're a little bit finicky because you don't want to overcook them yep because you want them to not be they're chewy generally because it's a muscle really that you're eating but if you overcook them then they're too chewy i mean i don't know if there's any health risk to undercooking them but i think i would lean more on the side of undercooking them than overcooking them and none of our listeners don't quote me on any of that i don't want anyone getting (laughs) sick because they undercook scallops but I know that I some restaurants if you go to and they don't specialize in seafood and they overcook your overcook your scallops and it's depressing. But I also <laughs> don't buy bay scallops. I try to focus on sea scallops because they're much larger. Yeah, and I feel like they are kind of hard to mess up too. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean yeah. They're, they're edible whether you overcook them or not. That's, <laughs> they still that's taste good. and they and they still taste good. I don't exactly. think they their t- taste changes just the the texture. They're a little bit tougher. Yep. Uh, anything else? Elise, that you like um, to cook at home? What else? Uh, I'll have like a bagel with locks sometimes. But that's really oh, that's something. Good. That's something I really get when I'm like out. But mm-hmm. So say that again. You get what? A bagel with like smoked salmon on it. 
And cream oh, cheese, super that good. That sounds very good. Yes. Yeah. Lox is so good. That's like one of my favorite seafood items. Now, Maddie, I know Elise and I are talking heavy on some of the stuff that we cook at home. And I know we need you to eat two servings of seafood a week. I am one of the people. <laughs> I am one of the people that does not eat two servings of seafood a week. So I'm talking to myself when I'm talking about this being a warning because <laughs> I need <laughs> to eat more seafood. But Things that we make at my house, we, well, we don't make this, but whenever I get a bagel, I get locks because I love locks. So mm. If the place has it. Yeah. It's, it's not as common, which is unfortunate because it's so good. Um, but we're a big frozen seafood family also, Justin, like yours, but we're like, we have salmon often and we've also really adopted the toaster tilapia recipe like that's like a very common dish in my house we probably make that two or three times a month like it's it's just so good because it's so simple and you don't really have to think about it once you've made it once you can do it in your sleep it's such a good recipe so we'll definitely link to that below if you haven't heard of it yet heather something you said that made me i was going to go oh, off on guys. another we should also link the bap shrimp taco boat shrimp recipe tacos. <laughs> Oh my yes. gosh. Those those, those yes. were good. So if if you haven't seen this video, we made a video before the the pandemic and then we stopped making recipe videos for the time being. But <laughs> we made a uh, shrimp taco boat video um walking you through how to make them and they were delicious and super easy and healthy. <laughs> that was the most shrimp I've ever eaten in a single day <laughs> in my entire life. We bought a lot of shrimp. <laughs> And I, I, well, we just wanted to cover our bases just in case, like, our video and audio equipment, like, had a malfunction. I mean, it was the first time we were doing it, so we wanted to cover all of our our bases. But I can safely say that despite being completely full, like, I just finished a Thanksgiving dinner full of just shrimp, I still wanted more. <laughs> That's how you know That's it's how good. good it is. That's how good it is. I mean, obviously, not everyone loves shrimp the way that I do, but that was a very tasty meal. It was really quick. We didn't have any technical snafus, so we had a lot of leftover shrimp, which we cooked. And it made our office and smell we... like shrimp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is not a bad thing. When, it's you not, know, it's when not you... bad at GAA, but in other office places <laughs> yeah. it might be bad. Yeah. We welcome it at GAA. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there are certain fish that you probably shouldn't microwave unless you're trying to make some people upset in the office. Despite working for the company that we do, there are a few people that... That happens uh, occasionally. You're like, all right, who had the fish for lunch, guys? (laughs) Well, and I know that they are listeners of the show and they know who they are. (laughs) We're not going to name names, but... We're not naming names, but they have a microwave at home, I'm sure, and they can stink up their own kitchens. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, well, is there anything else? I mean, really, Maddie, we're gonna we're gonna hold you accountable now as the uh, I'm the culprit <laughs> as, as trying to work in those two servings of seafood a week. You did mention, and that's something I wanted to mention that when you were talking about eating frozen seafood, we we've said this on previous episodes, and I'll say it again that when product is packed and frozen, it is usually at its peak freshness. Uh, this is the same for vegetables, fruits, whatever that you have that's frozen. It does not lose nutritional value. So I know some people think that, well, geez, you know, this has been frozen for God knows how long. Uh, it probably doesn't have the same nutritional value as something that's fresh. That's 
that's misinformation. My wife's a dietitian, so she harps that onto us all the time because I think that was my initial opinion was, well, why would I just eat this frozen when I can get it fresh? Obviously, if you can get something fresh, do it. But if you don't be worried that you're going to lose nutritional value by choosing a frozen product over something that's fresh, that's not the case. I don't think I have anything else to add about the, this these new 2020, 2025 dietary guidelines that just came out in early January. Do either of you have any other points you want to bring to the table? Well, one thing we could mention is um, if you're looking for like recipes or want to learn more about like the dietary guidelines, Seafood Nutrition Partnership is a good place to go for both Absolutely. of those things. Yeah. If you go to just, it's super simple, eatseafoodamerica.com. They have a bunch of recipes and blog posts that you can check out. You know, at some point we may have to get the famous... Steve Hart back on the show to talk <laughs> us through some recipes because Dr. Like Steve Hart. the king Hart, of seafood. <laughs> Dr. Steve Hart, yeah, is the, is, to me, he's like a celebrity chef because he always has recipes on, on social if you follow his Instagram account, which uh, we won't put in the show notes unless we get his approval first because we didn't tell him we were going to be talking about him. Uh, <laughs> but he cooks seafood, I, I feel like for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He meets <laughs> his, his two servings of seafood probably before noon on a Sunday or Monday, depending on what you consider the, the beginning of the week. So <laughs> That's true. I see his Instagram. <laughs> so yeah, if we don't have anything else to add, my call to action to our listeners, if, if you are struggling to meet those two servings of seafood a week, my call to action is to try it, try to be creative. We've given you some useful resources in the show notes. Let us know how it goes. And it's a new year. It's the perfect time. It's when a lot of people make those resolutions on trying to improve on something. If if you find value in seafood and there's a lot of documents saying how valuable it is, see if you can get two or more servings of seafood in your diet for the 2021 and beyond. It's just it's a good thing. And we will update you on Maddie's progress. Yes, we definitely will. <laughs> in future episodes. We'll have a check-in six months from now. <laughs> well, Elise, thank you so much for joining us, Maddie, as always. Me. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Ciao. Bye.